Today is Tuesday, August 15th, and you're listening to the Morning Announcements presented by Betches Media. I'm your host, Sammy Sage, and the Morning Announcements is your daily five-minute breakdown of the headlines that isn't afraid to take a side and roast the most consequential reality show there is, our government. This episode is brought to you by our partner, Factor. This August, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door that can be ready in just two minutes. No prep and no mess. Head to factormeals.com morning50 and use code morning50 to get 50% off your order. The long-awaited grand jury indictment of Donald Trump was handed down last night in Fulton County, Georgia, for his 2020 attempts to overturn the election there. There were 10 indictments handed down by the grand jury, but as of this recording at 9.30 p.m., the county clerk said that it would take a few hours for all documents to be available. Of course, tomorrow we will have a full rundown of Donald's fourth indictment. In a first-of-its-kind trial, a district court judge in Montana has ruled that state agencies violate the constitutional rights of individuals to a clean and healthful environment by allowing fossil fuel development. Specifically, the judge ruled that the policy which Montana uses to evaluate fossil fuels permits is unconstitutional because it does not allow agencies to evaluate the impact of greenhouse gas emissions when permitting projects. And that, quote, emissions and climate change have been proven to be a substantial factor in Montana's environment and harm and injury to the plaintiffs. The plaintiffs were a group of 16 people that ranged in age from 6 to 22 years old, and they were represented by the environmental group Our Children's Trust. You won't be surprised that Montana state officials plan to appeal the decision. But until then, it will be up to the state legislature to figure out how to bring the state's policies into compliance with the state constitution, which is actually one of the few in the country that has environmental protections codified within it already. So that should be a fun and simple endeavor for the Republican-controlled legislature to accomplish between breaths of wildfire smog. Speaking of climate problems, the main character of this week's scary weather report is the Pacific Northwest. The National Weather Service has issued excessive heat warnings for residents living between California's Central Valley and Washington State, with temperatures forecast to reach up to the 110s in parts of Oregon. This comes amidst an ongoing drought in the region. So the National Weather Service is also issuing red flag warnings for elevated wildfire risk, particularly given the wind forecast. All of this heat has prompted the Biden administration to launch a new federal system for tracking heat-related illnesses across the country, which is intended to help state and local governments plan for extreme heat events and deploy mitigation measures such as cooling centers. On average, extreme heat is the top weather-related killer every year in the United States. Sounds great for us, doesn't it? If the gun violence doesn't get you, you might just boil to death. The next story brings us back to this past weekend in Kansas, when a small police department in Marion County raided the office of a local newspaper known as the Marion County Record, as well as the home of its owner and publisher on Friday morning. The search warrant was executed at the behest of Marion Police Chief Gideon Cody in relation to a dispute between the Marion County Record and a local restaurant owner who was accusing the paper of targeting her and invading her privacy. During the search, police seized computers and cell phones, and the publisher Eric Meyer alleges that the search of his home led to the death of his 98-year-old mother this weekend, who was a co-owner of the newspaper. 
Meyer claims the raid was a violation of First Amendment rights to the freedom of the press, and that the restaurant owner's claims about the paper are untrue. Perhaps more unsettling, he also says that the newspaper was in the process of investigating the police chief's past work as an officer in Kansas City, Missouri, for 24 years, until he was hired by Marion this past April. Absolutely nothing suspicious about that. While we're on the corruption within law enforcement beat, this story requires a heavy trigger warning. For real though, the local sheriff whose own deputies committed the offenses in this story called the crimes, quote, the worst case of police brutality he's ever seen. So maybe do a 30 to 60 second skip. Yesterday, six former Mississippi police officers pleaded guilty to charges for torturing two black men in January after they entered a house without a warrant and assaulted the men with stun guns, a sex toy, and other objects for 90 minutes while using racial slurs. And then they planted drugs and a gun on the men, which led to false charges against the victims who they had just tortured. Now those six officers, who prosecutors say have nicknamed themselves the Goon Squad, have recently admitted guilt in a related federal civil rights case. But regarding these new state charges, they are all pleading guilty to obstruction of justice and conspiracy to hinder prosecution. And two of the officers pleaded guilty to home invasion. Make all of that make sense for me, please. Even before this, some of these six officers had previously been linked to at least four violent encounters in the past four years alone, which had already resulted in the death of two other black men. Now regarding the two men who these officers abused, court documents show that they were targeted because a white neighbor complained that two black men were staying at the home with a white woman. That's actually because one of the men was a childhood friend of the homeowner who had been paralyzed since age 15 and she was hospitalized at the time. He had been helping to take care of her. I'm not sure if you could write a more fucked up story than this one. Our final story today brings us an update on the early 2000s movie, The Blind Side. No, that was not what I was expecting to hear me say either. The former NFL player at the center of the film, Michael Orr, has filed a petition in Tennessee court, accusing the individuals who called themselves his, quote, parents, Sean and Leanne Tui, of falsely claiming that they were adopting him almost two decades ago in order to coerce him into signing papers that would make them his conservators. Orr's court filing asked for the conservatorship, which is still in place, to be terminated, as well as for there to be a full accounting of what the Tui family earned from selling his story for the Blindside movie, and that they pay him back with interest. The filing states that Orr did not discover that the Tuies were not his adopted parents, but his conservators, until February 2023. He says he signed the papers a few months after he turned 18 because they said they were adopting him and that later they signed away his life rights for the movie without his knowledge, but he was never compensated for the film, though the other Tui siblings were. I guess we consider whatever plays out next to be a really disturbing sort of sequel. Thank you for listening to the morning announcements brought to you by Betches Media, and thanks again to our partner, Factor. This August, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Factor has been making it so much easier for me to eat balanced meals, without having to think too much or spend time chopping, prepping, and cleaning. Simply choose which meals you want at factormeals.com and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door that can be ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com morning50 and use code morning50 to get 50% off your order. And until tomorrow, I'm Sammy Sage, and now you know what the fuck is going on. 
Betches.